black as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm slowing tigers on my shirt. And alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside? Huh? i see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow. Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with them. Uh-huh. Stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate. The cookies, butter crunch. 80 And I ain't have to be in school by 10 I then began to encounter With my counter parts Of how to burn the block apart Break it down into sections Drugs by these selections Some use pipes, others use injections Syringe sold separately Frank the deputy, quick to grab my Smith and Wesson Like my dick was missing To protect my position, my corner, my layer While we out here, say the hustler's prayer If the game shakes me or breaks me I hope it makes me a better man Put money in my mom's hand Get my daughter this college plan So she don't need no man Stay far from timid Only make moves when your heart's in it And live the free sky's the limit Alright Okay Here we are What is going on, guys? We're back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Sales Podcast, man. And on this episode, we got the news here for you guys today. But not only that, to start the show off, we're going to go over Extreme Rules, man. Um, Or Extreme Doesn't Rule. Um, Yeah, so... Fucking A. Yeah, man, so on this episode, man, we got... uh, well, if this is your first time watching and you guys do not know how this show works, every Monday we're on here with Notorious Unscripted, and every Friday we are on here with the news, man, at 4 o'clock, like we are here today. 
Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, this is uh, Notorious Seals Podcast, episode 77, man. So, we've been here 77 weeks. 77 weeks, bruh. Yeah, man. Um, without any further ado, also, if this is your first time watching, guys, do not know who we are here at the Notorious Seals Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man, Sir K, here. How's it going, man? Hi. We did. That didn't sound right. <laughs> Bro, next Wednesday, dude. I'm hype, bruh. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Just, you know, can't complain. Nothing too much. Got some... Had some stuff to do today before the podcast, man. Have some stuff to do after the podcast. Uh... And we got to look forward, well, I don't know if I could say look forward, to the WWE Draft tonight. And I'm shocked to have seen the news article that WWE has the draft all set and ready to go before they go on live. Yeah. Wow. I'm shocked. Well, we, well, if SmackDown airs at 7 and it's 4.18 right now, Vince is ripping that fucking script up at like 6.58. And uh, so it might be all set now, but that... I, I Genuinely, dude, genuinely, I don't think I've ever heard that ever since I started watching wrestling again that they have something all set for the night. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Uh... Yeah, we will just have to wait and see if what they have all set is good or not, but um should be interesting. Hopefully it's good. I hope so. But yeah, we will have to wait and see on that. But listen, man, we're just going to go over extreme rules with you guys real quick. Give, give you our very, very brief thoughts because this show was uh, very brief and pointless. We got this kickoff match, man, and Liv Morgan defeats Carmella. I did not watch this one, guys. Um... It's weird, because, like, when you go on Peacock, they cut it out of the show. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if they have... I mean, I know it was on the kickoff, but I don't know if they have, like, an extreme... Let me check, actually, real quick. I don't know if they have an Extreme Rules kickoff, but when I went back and watched the replay, it wasn't on there, so... Um, extreme Rules... Season 12. They've been doing Extreme Rules for 12 years. When was season 1? 2009? Oh, wow. Yeah, man. I don't see it under here in Extreme Rules kickoff. Uh, why is there toilet paper ads on the fucking Extreme Rules? Deadass, bro. Oh, this might be the one they had for the beginning of the pandemic. There's like fucking... 
people unrolling toilet paper and shit. Yeah, I'm sure that was for the beginning of the pandemic. When they started making Extreme Rules purple and green. That is the... Why? They're like... Nah, nah. Yeah, but they did it last year like that in the middle of fucking July for whatever reason. I don't know. Well, last year was the horror show. I don't know how... I don't know how the color red doesn't affiliate with horror, but it's WWE. Vince McMahon probably doesn't see horror when he sees red. Anyway, Liv Morgan defeats Carmella. I mean, who cares, man? Liv Morgan reminds me of Becky Lynch in 2016. You know what I mean? It's like everybody wanted her to break through, but it's like WWE just constantly has to put the brakes on her, bro, and they just don't see it. They just do not see it, bro. And it's and it really sucks because Liv is a fan favorite. You can just tell by watching her. But yeah, man, it it sucks, bro. It sucks for whatever reason. Liv Morgan is not being pushed, and every time she comes out, she garners a reaction. She's being put in a feud with uh, Carmella and Zelina Vega, which I wonder if they're going to still be a faction with Sasha Banks after tonight. Uh, uh, WWE's. Just, I don't know, man. I don't know. But Liv Morgan picks up the win here, and yeah, that was that was that that was the kickoff match. Yeah, it's like your your audio thing stopped moving all of a sudden. Bro, literally every single fucking time. No, it says you're muted. There you go. Oh, I probably am. All right, you're good now. Okay, okay. Bro, I don't fucking understand. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think they heard your brief thoughts on um, Carmela and Liv, but maybe just run that back one more time, real quick. All right, bro. I got you. Yeah, bro. I mean, good that Liv won, but who cares, bro? It's not like it's just gonna get pushed anytime soon. It's not like this is gonna lead to anything. It's, it was kickoff match on a fucking C-level show, bruh. Who the hell cares? Exactly, bro. Um, 
Uh, so, to start the show, for whatever reason, WWE announced the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and this is what I have written down in my notes. Omo. Omo versus, uh, versus the New Day here, man, and... This was your generic six-man tag. Absolutely nothing special here. An absolutely pointless match. But the worst part comes at the very end because Bobby Lashley hits the blind tag on AJ Styles uh, off the springboard. Big E um, is standing in the middle of the ring. AJ Styles bounces off the uh, bounces off the rope. Big E standing in the middle of the ring. And while AJ is running at Big E, uh, Big E moves and Bobby Lashley spears AJ Styles. Uh, Bobby Lashley would then turn around to a big ending. And Bobby Lashley gets pinned the night before he gets a championship rematch. So you got pinned, not even just by... What's up? I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you have no audio, but it says your fucking audio thing is moving. Talk. Literally. Oh, yeah, you can hear you. Um, Oh, yes, it's just something different, bro. God damn. Um, yeah, man, so, Bobby Lashley... Bobby Lashley gets pinned the night before he has to, uh... He gets pinned the night before... He has to uh, get his championship rematch. And not only does he not get pinned by just one of the members of the New Day, he gets pinned by the WWE champion. So I don't understand why he deserved a rematch. It does not make a lick of sense, man. It really does not. uh, But my God, man. I mean, first of all, why was this match here? Why didn't you just do the rematch here between Bobby Lashley and... uh, uh, Biggie, Literally. it is what it is, bro. Bobby Lashley has eight pins for three weeks in a row. And, uh, like, why? No, I don't know. Just... They did the same thing with Asuka, where mm-hmm. she lost at WrestleMania, and uh, then from there on, she just became a loser. Like, how do you lose once? You're a dominant fucking force. For a year and a half, two years, in Asuka's case, like four years. And you get called up to the main roster. You inevitably take that first loss. And then from there on out, you are just a jobber. How the fuck does that make sense? Bobby Lashley was a part of uh, one of the most dominant runs, you know, in recent memory. They protected the shit out of him. And he loses once to Big E threw a cash in and ever since then he's just a bona fide loser makes no sense literally makes no sense bro that match made no sense aj styles and omo getting in the match what just do the rematch at the pay-per-view and they made the rematch an extreme rules match so it's like what i I don't get this company, bro. That just made no sense to me, bro. It's all just for ratings on Raw, which rarely works. You know what I mean? So, 
guess they're fucking got their extra hundred thousand viewers putting the title match on that shit. But who 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 the hell cares? You made your pay per view pointless, and your previous champion has been losing ever since he lost, which makes no sense, bro. And then they gave him his faction back randomly, and uh, bro, this whole Bobby Lashley situation—they've just fumbled the aftermath of it, bro. They really have. But um, yeah, I mean. Bobby Lashley ate the loss for no reason, and it just it just makes no sense why this match was a thing. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, next up, bro, the Usos defeat the Street Profits in a damn good tag team match, bro. It was a damn good tag team match, but to be quite honest with you, what does anybody okay. else expect out of these two teams? They're going to put on a great match here, and... The one thing that's scaring me is the Street Profits lost here. So, and then news came out yesterday that the Street Profits are ready if WWE splits them up in the draft. Man, and, terrible. bro, I know they love Montez Ford, and I could just see Vince. Oh, just. Just, we got to get him away from that other guy. The other dude with the headband. I could just hear him now. Oh, I could just see it. These guys put on a damn good tag team match, and I mean, like I said, bro, what do you expect out of these two teams? It's going to happen, but how much longer are we going to get to see the Street Profits on uh, WWE television before uh, we just get a singles Montez Ford and a singles oh, Angelo so Dawson? Um, Dawson? Or Dawkins, whatever his fucking name is. Um, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean... I don't know. I don't know, man. It's scaring me. And the Usos hold on to those belts. But, yeah, obviously, who expected them not to, man? So Exactly, bro. It was an obvious Uso win, bro, and an obvious good match. Of course, it was going to be a good match. But, man, Montez Ford is he's terrible on the mic. I don't know if people realize that. Oh, Angelo Dawkins is way better. Way better on the fucking mic than Montez Ford. It's too hype. What was that one reason. thing he said it was real badass? We want oh, to smoke. You, bro, Dawkins, when he would say that, that shit was great. Because he had but intensity. Mainly, but when exactly. you got fucking Ultimate Warrior over Warrior over here, like, I listen, Screaming. out of the two in the ring, obviously Montez Ford is way better. Uh, we know oh, that. Yeah. That's established. That. But what complements the Street Profits so well and what makes them so good is what they don't, what WWE doesn't utilize, which is Angelo Dawkins' mic skills, bro. I remember when I remember when Ford was injured. Uh, I think it was a storyline injury, or he might have been injured. I don't remember. Back in the beginning of the pandemic, hearing oh, Dawkins it was one of those hearing, fucking excruciating injuries that they made up. Oh God, that was a fucking. Uh, he his arm God, fell off. Cut off. Yeah, <laughs> the skull, leg bone skull fracture. And he's back in fucking two weeks. <laughs> um, but what, what makes the Street Profits so great, man, is what WWE doesn't utilize. And how great does that make them? You know what I mean? It's a trick question. Exactly. The Street Profits are great because of something that WWE doesn't utilize. So are they really that great? No. The Street Profits haven't... The Street cool Profits haven't... NXT. Yeah, they haven't been cool. They haven't got to that next level. 
on the main roster, and I think honestly what's holding him back is having this fucking bozo talk for him. Montez oh, Ford, bro. bro. Yeah. This guy comes out shaking the ropes and fucking dancing Pipe like an idiot. Yelling. And he's yelling and screaming, We want the smoke. Shut the fuck up, bro. Let the other guy talk, man. Let Literally Angelo Dawkins bro. talk. Every time he talks, it's great because he has intensity. He is serious. He adds an intimidation factor to that group. He's awesome, man. He is the uh <coughs> he is the diamond mind pun intended, of the Street Profits. He is. Yeah, he is. He really they don't is, realize bro. they fucking have him, but they do. And if they split <clears> him up, it's going to be an Otis and Tucker situation. It really They're going is, to... It just didn't work. Exactly. It's just not going to work, man. It really isn't. I mean, f- Angelo Dawkins' gimmick... <laughs> Fuck, I keep laughing because I call his ass Angelo Dawson. <laughs> That's like a mashup of when fucking he used to look like Scott Dawson and then just... Angelo Dawkins is mixed up. He's got the fucking hick ass fucking beard. Oh, bro, that show would be hilarious. But look, they. Angelo Dawkins' fucking gimmick before the Street Profits was the LeBron James of WWE. Mm-hmm. What kind of sorry ass gimmick is that? Fucking. Like, what? Using another man's name to add what to your gimmick? I mean, it's just not going to work, bro. And. They need to fucking experiment, put them on Raw, and experiment with a heel turn. I do not think it'll be bad. And have Angelo talk for them. Do not have Montez Ford talk for them, bro. I really think that could be beneficial. I think Bianca Belair needs to go to Raw and have a fresh start. Maybe even take that belt off of Charlotte. I think she'd be a great (sighs) fucking person to take the belt off of her to get something back for her credibility. And Literally. meanwhile, with the Street Profits, experiment with a heel turn. I mean, who's the tag team champs Please. right now? Um, RK Bro. Oh, there you go. They're, ba- they're baby face as fuck. There yeah, you exactly. go, man. Have those and two in, heels beat them. And in turn for, our, or in turn for the Street Profits, put AJ Styles and almost. Uh, no, honestly, I'd split them up. I would split oh, them bro, up. I that would be a group I'd split so up. And I think they will, oh, yeah. to be honest. I think they will. I, I see it. And I so, why can I see them drafting Omas first? Oh, they will. This is a surprise draft pick. And number nine, we have Omo. <laughs> Omo. It just, the graphic said O-M-O. It just said O-M-O. O-M-O. That's what I have in my notes. AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, and OMO. 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 No, man, but yeah, the Street Profits are a lingering problem in WWE that nobody sees. Uh, exactly. They're they're not special. They've ne- no. they they have refused to take the next step with that team, and I really think they the problem is hidden in plain sight. It's Montez Ford. Exactly. Uh, gotta let stop letting him talk like that, bro. Let yeah. Dawkins talk, please, bro, please. Yeah, he was he was great, man. I'll never forget oh, that yeah. one promo, bro, where I was like, just staring Damn. at the TV. I'm like, yo, why isn't he talking more? Well, um, me, bro, he's great. He's great. Next up, Charlotte, Charlotte Eek Flair defeats <laughs> Alexa Piss Bliss. Um, this match oh, sucked. Um, Dude, I didn't even watch that. Oh wait, did I watch that match? No, I didn't. Yeah, this match sucked. Um, 
Charlotte Flair, this match ended with Charlotte throwing Alexa into the ring post, which was probably about the weakest ring post throw I've ever seen in my life. Alexa Bliss's shoulder didn't even hit the ring post. She flew back out into the middle of the ring. Natural selection. Charlotte wins. She starts ripping. She throws Alexa out of the ring, starts ripping up her fucking Lily doll, throws her over the announce table, and walks out. And Alexa Bliss, uh, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Piss, um, Alexa Piss, uh, fucking creeps up from the fucking announce table starts throwing shit she starts crying she starts having a hissy fit and a lot and we actually have some news on alexa bliss uh and we will probably do that first thing uh after this review because it actually uh goes with the theme of extreme roles but we have some we did not see her on raw and we have some news why man and it is uh, probably for the better, man. And th- well, okay, this bro. initially before that report came out, uh, there was speculation that she is going to be taking some time off TV, and also because this could be the end of uh, the scary Alexa Bliss. Which, if you wanted to keep her scary, all you have to do, because she's great in the role, all you have to do is just bring her just back with something original. Exactly. Something that Don't is created it. by her. Exactly. Not this generic voodoo, creepy doll, creepy this, poltergeist that. Do something original, bro. It, it's yeah. really not that fucking hard, man. It is really not, bro. But Any, Anything only... that isn't uh, Bray Wyatt's creation. Really. Exactly. Literally yeah. Bray Wyatt's creation, bro. And man, uh, I... And I'm just glad we do not have to see that character, hopefully, anymore, bro. That shit was some of the worst parts of Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, those, that prime right after Mania season where she was just fucking doing all that poltergeist shit. Oh, oh bro. God. That like, when she killed just... off Shayna Baszler and then she just <laughs> showed back up two weeks later. <laughs> they literally implied that she murdered fucking Shayna and then she just What if she up. got released? Imagine how, how I was gonna mm. say, can you imagine how bad that is for your last WWE appearance? You got in, killed by a doll. In kayfabe, you are dead in that company. <laughs> Literally, bruh. That shit would be foul, bruh. But um <sighs> this match was fucking probably bad. I don't know. I didn't I did not watch. Yeah, it's how it worked it halfway through this pay per view. I got home. I didn't watch this match back. The only match I peeked back was the Usos match. Fuck that shit. I was not wasting my... Bro, I was... Because I, I had an early shift the next morning. I was like, bro, I'm not going to waste the rest of my fucking night that I have watching this shit. I could not, bro. I could not. But this match happened, bro. And let's just hope that this was the end of this Lily voodoo possession. Every generic horror theme in the book, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. Next up, Damian Priest defeats Jeff Hardy and Sheamus in a triple threat match for the United States Championship. Now, this, I know there's no rules because it's a triple threat. This was not any sort of stipulation match. Meanwhile, the next night on Monday Night Raw, WWE decides to do Damian Priest versus Sheamus in an Extreme Rules match. Dude, what is there? You couldn't make what? this a fuck. You, 
You couldn't make this a, a tables match. When's the last time we've seen a, a good tables match? You know what I mean? Exactly. Bro. Something that doesn't end stupidly. You know what I mean? Exactly. By somebody falling off the top rope and going through a table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, he's through the, like, you know, um, this couldn't be a tables match. This couldn't be a ladder match. Something. Something. Fucking. WWE, w, and we've been saying this for years, if they don't want to do stipulation matches, retire these, uh, retire these fucking, um, gimmick pay-per-views. Uh, these gimmick pay-per-views and let us miss ladder matches for like two years, Same. bro. Two Literally, years, because bro. even if they would have made this some kind of ladder match, WWE oh. horribly produces ladder matches nowadays. Oh, bro. The Those last good are so generic. It, it, it honestly comes once once in a fucking blue moon when we see a yeah. good ladder match like the one last year with exactly. uh, Jeff, Sammy and Nakamura? No. AJ. It was AJ. It was AJ. AJ, Sammy and Jeff, you know what I mean? But before that, when was a good last when was the last good ladder match? You know what I mean? Uh the North American title match. That was it. Yeah, for real. Well, uh, from the main roster. The last oh, good ladder match was you. probably Luke Harper versus Dolph Ziggler at TLC in 2014. Probably. You know what I mean? <laughs> Think about that, bro. 2014. So Hot oh, crowd. Gosh. Great competitors. It was a fucking... Was, oh, God. It was fucking fantastic. Literally. You know? Um, But this match... If this match did not show you why Jeff Hardy needs to be respected on the same level as an edge, I don't know what does. I don't know what because does. Jeff Hardy's legend is twice the size of edges, if you ask me. Oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. Like that uh, Instagram post you sent me from fucking that one dude. Talking Jeff about Hardy was fucking... bigger than Obama in 2008. That's true. That is 100% true. Exactly. Bro, when I when I was watching wrestling pay-per-views in 2008, I would always get them through DVD cuz we never had money to uh you know buy the pay-per-views live and whatnot. I can't tell you how many times I went back and watched Jeff Hardy versus Umaga from Extreme exactly. Rules, I or no, not Extreme Rules. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Uh, oh, um, Breaking Point. No, no, it was the, <coughs> it was the one where uh, the uh, fuck man, it was the one. I think the main event was like John Cena versus Great Kali. <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Umaga. It's a super super famous match uh, amongst the wrestling community. Uh, oh, yeah. One Night Stand, 2008. Uh-huh. That's yeah, where it was. Yep. Bro, I can't tell you how many times I went back and watched my first WrestleMania, WrestleMania 23, when Jeff Hardy took out, I think, Edge off the ladder. Bro, so much classic Jeff Hardy shit. His match at Armageddon 2008, where he won the WWE title. His, mat, his steel cage match with CM Punk, I believe that was in 2009. Um, on SmackDown, it was his last match in WWE. Uh, the match with CM Punk at SummerSlam, where he jumped off the top of the cage, for, or the top of the ladder, I mean, onto the announce table. Dude. Mm-hmm. God, like, I would love to see those two in AEW again. Oh, oh bro. Punk oh, and Jeff. 
Ooh. That shit will be straight heat. Well, at this stage of the game, I think we need to see Punk versus like Jimmy Uso or some shit. Um, but but this crowd this crowd got so hot for Jeff. There was a couple points oh, in this man. match where they were chanting one, two, really loud. You know what I mean? Like they were about yeah. to fucking mark the fuck out if he won the title. Jeff had a great performance. Sheamus and Damian Priest had a fucking fantastic performance as well, bro. But Jeff Hardy, man, if shit like this does not prove why Jeff needs to be respected in WWE on the same level as guys like Edge and fucking Goldberg of all people, <laughs> I don't know what does. Yeah. I genuinely do not know what does, man. So, yeah, Damian Priest picks up the victory here in a damn good match, man. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Pretty good match. I liked it. I liked it, bro. I mean, yeah, it was just a good match, bro. It was just a good match. Jeff Hardy is not treated as he should be, bro. Jeff Hardy no. is no. Jeff Hardy. When you think of someone doing some extreme shit, you think of Jeff Hardy. Everybody you see, does. Exactly. Every time I fucking jump and ragdoll in a video game, I think of Jeff Hardy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's just what you do, bro. Unless it's like a very specific position like coffin drop position or something other than that you think of someone like jeff hardy bro you ask most people our age who jeff hardy is they'll probably say yeah i know what jeff hardy is he's the he's the guy that always did the extreme shit right you ask who edge is they're like eh, they might remember edge but not as fondly as they remember jeff right, hardy it's just right. how it is bro but man match is pretty good damian priest is i mean he's booked amazingly in the eyes on the fucking internet, even though he's just booked at least at the bare minimum the way he should be, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's, just, it's This is the bare decent minimum. Decent at best. <laughs> Literally. Very bro. decent at best. It's sad to a Slightly point. decent. Exactly. We're decent and the bare minimum is fucking godly for these NXT guys. It's so sad. And then Sheamus is just great Sheamus, bro. Sheamus has been great. So, just a good circle of people all around, bro. And it's it's gonna be weird seeing probably Sheamus go to SmackDown and shit. It's just gonna be weird, but um, yeah, man. I mean, I'd like uh, to get a. I'd like to see Jeff go over. I know a lot of people are saying Damian Priest, but mm -hmm. I mean, whether you do that or not, I mean, Nakamura's never been on Raw, so maybe that would make his shit somewhat fresh. Um, exactly. But then you got to think on SmackDown. Everybody's gassing up Damian Priest, bro. But if you send him on SmackDown. Once he drops second that belt, fiddle. that's it. Oh, that's yeah. it. He He's second fiddle. A world title on SmackDown? No. No fucking way. Even as champ. I would send Jeff. Fiddle. I would send Jeff. I, would. I think we can get a great feud. I would also like to see AJ because I think those are two great, great feuds we can see with Roman Reigns. And they oh, don't have bro. to win. Oh, yeah. Exactly. They don't have to win. Those you know what I mean? People that can lose. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. As much as I would love AJ to win, it's not going to happen. He could take the loss. Jeff could easily take the loss. He's Jeff Hardy. So, come on. And, <laughs> and Jeff and fucking Uso have the same history, bro, with the DUIs and whatnot. They could bring there that up. Go. But, hey, I got one of those too, man. I know how it feels. <laughs> Shit's tough, man. But, um, yeah, bro, I mean, this whole circle of U.S. title has been pretty good, man. And... It was just a good match, bro, and it's just gonna weird to see them all go separate ways after this. Yeah, and yeah, the underlying problem here, man, is 
people say this is, you know, great for Damian Priest and whatnot, but uh, bro, uh, on the, it was on the AEW Unrestricted podcast, or no, 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 it was on, talk, no, it was on Talk is Jericho, when Brody Lee had his episode, he said, CM Punk once told him, everything in WWE could be better. Mm-hmm. Think about how much greater this U.S. title division could be. Exactly. Ricochet, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, Mustafa Ali, Mansoor, you have Jeff and Sheamus, you have uh, Xavier Woods would be fucking awesome. Uh, oh, AJ yeah. Styles, uh, Matt Riddle, you know what I mean? Uh, Keith Lee, you know, these guys, Literally, man, I mean, like... All of these guys. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense, man. It just does not make sense, bro. It, it really doesn't. I mean, everything really in doesn't. WWE could be better, guys. It could. It, it really can. Everything this could is, always be better. Yeah, like Sir K just said, bro, this is literally the bare minimum for Damian Priest's book. Exactly. This is how it should be. This should be the standard for everybody, if not greater. But yeah. this is all he's going to get. This is on main roster, peak Damian Priest, and that is sad to say. Absolutely, man. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Um, I, I did not get into this match at all. I'm going to no. be honest, guys. I, I really just did not get into this match. And it ended in a DQ because Sasha Banks makes her return, starts beating up Bianca Belair, and... And then she starts beating up Becky Lynch as well, and they actually just announced for uh, Crown Jewel that there's going to be Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks versus yeah. Bianca Belair. Uh, and did you hear about these draft rules? I just heard about it, bro. I was just about nothing, to tell you about the... Nothing goes into effect after Crown Jewel. Then why are you... Then do it the week it before tonight. Crown Jewel. Literally, why are we doing this tonight? Now, I really... <laughs> can miss smackdown and not give a fuck at first i was like damn i kind of have to watch smackdown tonight but i can barely pay attention to this shit now what, i mean like, what the fuck what, what matters besides the picks themselves tonight what are we gonna see i just seen the notification about a wrestlemania rematch who knows what that is probably edge like, and seth or no oh, they didn't face at no. wrestlemania uh bianca fuck? and sasha oh yep it's gonna be that i guarantee you that's the fucking match man Bro, literally, you know this. I don't know if they know this, but when I watch these WWE pay-per-views, it's on my iPad while I play the game. I don't yep. fucking full focus on this shit, bro. They can catch me dead. Even if I had to watch Mania at home by myself, that shit's on the fucking iPad, bro. I don't give a fuck. But, um, so I'm watching this shit, and I just look down, and I see Sasha, and I'm like, wait, when the fuck did they add Sasha to the match? And I was like, wait, when did she come back? I was like, wait, I was so confused, and then I realized, it just clicked in my eye, like, oh, shit, this is her return. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, bro, dude, I said this a couple, I think a couple episodes ago, man, but ever since she came back and they fumbled it, I do not care in the slightest about Becky Lynch, bro. No. And that's sad to say. They bro. killed their own that's, hype. They killed their own they hype. Did. I do, bro, I care about, 100% care about, the AEW Women's Division, then I do Becky Lynch. And that is sad on their part. Because that is... You wouldn't think that, but it's just how it is. I'm more focused on fucking Britt Baker and Ruby Shaw every week than I am Becky Lynch. Because how could you be? 
What what is there to invest in, in Becky Lynch right now? Yep, I knew it. Nothing. Just cringy shit. The cringy ass generic shit they have her do. Come on, bruh. It's Bi- it's just Bianca, bad. Bianca and Sasha for tonight. <laughs> knew it, bruh. Fuck goddamn. <sighs> Man. This shit ain't right, bruh. What is what is the point of doing the draft tonight? Makes no fucking sense. Makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, no. Not at all, man. Not at all. Um, the... Oh, shit. Hmm. My Instagram post didn't send out. What the fuck? Um, the main event. The main event, man. Roman Reigns and Finn... Finn Balor. Good God. The demon. The buried demon. The fish. Bro, this match, I mean, it was a good match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you expect? Like I said, is it is uh it's going to be a good match. Either way, there was uh there was a spot in here I th- I thought this was hilarious. Uh Roman Reigns had to he had to go in the crowd to fight Finn and he sticks his hand out and Paul Heyman hands him a face mask and he gets <laughs> he puts his mask on and starts beating the shit out of Finn Balor in the crowd with his mask on. It was funny as hell. That's funny as hell. I loved it. Um Hell yeah, bro. And yeah, man, so this match was the first half was a pretty standard good normal match you know what I mean mm. and then it just uh, then it just went yeah they stupid they had so they had they they did bro that they, they they had something going they had something going for him here in the beginning of this match. And there was a spot where Finn Balor, there was a spot where Finn Balor uh, got up on the top rope. He hit the coup de gras, and this man got pulled out of the ring by the Usos. He got he gets pulled out of the ring by the Usos here. He start he focuses on them. He puts them through tables. Da, 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 da. Somehow he finds himself by the barricade. Roman Reigns spears him through the barricade. And both of them are knocked out for a second. They're laying there half dead. And all of a sudden. All of a sudden. His music cuts off. Finn Balor, or sorry. Finn Balor's music cuts on. Finn Balor's music cuts on, and it starts playing the intro, and then the intro cuts off, and it starts doing the demon heartbeat, and Finn Balor starts flopping like a fish, like a fish out of water, bro, like a fucking fish out of water, and he hops up, red lighting is going on throughout the arena. There's nothing but red. In the red he <clears throat> kicks Roman through a table, throws him in the ring for the coup de gras. He's standing on the top rope, and the top rope fucking breaks. And he's laying there, just so hurt. He's holding his knee. So 
So let me get this straight. First things first. So you can get up. You can no-sell a spear through the barricade, but you can't no-sell uh, falling off the fucking top rope. Dude. <laughs> Roman Reigns spears him, and that is literally the end of the show. Literally. That, That's how and, I seen, and I seen everybody saying, oh, man, this is like uh, AEW's dud at the end of the year with uh, with Revolution, or in the beginning of the year, sorry, with Revolution. No. The difference is, AEW's was failed. It this didn't mean to go in like that. was booked. <laughs> they booked this. They produced the ending to that match. They had That means that they had to look Finn Balor in his eyes and tell him... Flop like a fish. So, you're going to flop like a fucking fish. Then you're going to get up on the fucking top rope... And you are going to fall off the top rope because it breaks. Break. And that's how that's going to happen. And I think they're going to try to make a storyline out of it because I thought I seen something on ringside that was something about Finn Balor wants to find out why the rope broke or something. Okay. And there was a video from a fan and there was a, a production guy in a hoodie right as... Finn was about to go up there, he had a fucking, like, knife, like a fucking Rambo knife, and just cut the rope for the spot. That is literally how they did the spot. They had a fucking dude in a hoodie with the fucking Rambo knife cut the rope for the spot. Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Finn, cam, hooded cameraman caught cutting top rope on extreme rolls to cause ring malfunction. Let me see this fucking video. Fucking badass knife in his fucking hand. Like, oh man. God. Literally, bro. Fucking literally. This company fucking sucks. What kind of stupid ass? Oh my god, I feel so bad for those fucking people in those stands. They had to watch the ending of Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns. Like by way of Rambo knife. <laughs> Literally, bro. Dude had a fat ass knife. He just cut it with. And, bro, why do I feel like they want to smack down hacker this shit, tease something with this fucking mysterious cutting of the rope, and then come back you, to it in fucking four months? I guarantee you, it will be. It will end up being somebody who is going to join the bloodline. Oh, I bet. I the fucking bet. They're gonna say it was Naomi. Oh God. <laughs> There was, uh, it's, they're going to say it's Naomi, and the dude in the hoodie is clearly not Naomi or the Usos. None of their builds. Dude just looks like a normal-ass cameraman. You could fucking tell, and they're going to probably say it's fucking Spillane, and you know what I mean? They're like what say they did it's... with Retribution. They had all these oh, little yeah. fucking twerps come out, and then it's just announced that it's fucking Dominic Dijakovic. He's <laughs> Big tall ass. We've never seen his ass in that shit, but he's in it. That made oh bro. They're they're about to retribution smack down hacker this shit. Mark my fucking words, bro. And I am scared to see it. And on for on for this uh draft news now that uh switching over to the news now. This show this show sucked. Um yeah. <laughs> Show's but... ass. Final thoughts on Extreme Rules. It sucked. The ending was possibly one of the worst endings I've ever seen in my life. 
I, when that rope broke, I just started laughing out loud because... Literally, bro. Who, <laughs> That's what I mean. When does that ever happen? When does that like, fucking happen? And the way they had Finn Balor standing on the fucking top rope for like 10 years was literally. just so ridiculous. I was like, what the fuck? Dude, that shit looked so bad. They couldn't and... have Brock come out and beat the shit out of both of them and then have Roman or get this. How about you have Brock come out, beat up Finn and have Roman and throw Roman's body on top of Finn because Brock wants to take the universal title from Roman. Exactly. What a concept. Literally, the demon wouldn't lose by his own accord. It's someone else that threw the man on top of him. You it would make I mean? it better, you know. It, the demon is, is demon is buried, bro. Dude, He's it, buried, and that's his punishment. Exactly. That was his ever since this feud with Finn started with Roman. Demon was destined to be buried, bro, Absolutely. for no reason, for an extreme rules match. Uh, Come on, bro. Come on, bro. This is dude. straight ass. Okay, I can't stand this fucking show. I swear to God. Seriously, this shit is so bad. Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out literally an hour ago, WWE draft rules. Half of the roster eligible tonight, half on Raw. Who is eligible was not specified. For just randomly what? fucking picking people. So you're not going to let us know who the fuck can be picked? And Undrafted. The L uh and the eligible thing is you don't have to make them non-eligible. Just don't pick them tonight. Just say, oh, they're waiting to get picked on one. I don't get this, bro. I don't get that company. It's not that hard to put out a picture <laughs> of, I don't know, 40 boxes with 40 faces in it. This is a draft exactly. pool night one. This is the draft pool night two. It's not fucking hard. It's totally not, not hard. hard. I'll make it for you, bro. Just send me Literally. send the bag my way, and I'll fucking put together a bunch of PNG images of fucking Drew McIntyre's face and Roman Reigns and uh, exactly. T-Bar. I'll do it for you, bro. Just send the bag. It's not that hard to do, bro. It's not that hard to do, man. Oh, man. <sighs> Undrafted superstars become free agents. God, can we fucking, hey. uh, can Vince McMahon become a free agent? Literally. Can Bruce Pritchard become a free agent? Oh, fucking Everyone's got his number. Actually, you know what? There's, there's a couple people. There's a couple people that need to be free agents, man. Put Kevin Owens no. as a free agent. Uh, who else need, who else needs to be on the market for AEW? Uh, put Ricochet as a free agent. Uh, Swear. uh, T-Bar, he, I'm about, I've about had it with his shit. Um, oh, bro. Who else? Put Rhea, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross. Not Nikki Cross. Nikki fucking Cross. Uh, put those two. Yep. Put, there's a, uh, half that fucking roster needs to be free agents, as a matter of fact. But I digress. So. Oh, yeah. Dude, speaking of free agents. When I was listening to that talk at Jericho with Adam mm -hmm. Cole, he said, me and another guy signed extensions and i thought mine was up the same time his was in december who did adam cole sign an extension with bro johnny fucking gargano 
and his shit is up in December, and we know we know that. So he basically confirmed it without saying. He said I didn't want to say say his name just in case he wants to stay. So, but we yeah, it's Johnny. Gargano. We know it's Gargano. We fucking know. Um, and this one just fucking triggered me. Changes take effect after October twenty second, the night after Crown Jewel. Like, what? Like. So, is Crown Jewel going to consist of a bunch of fucking Raw people because uh, you need people back the next day for SmackDown? Like, oh man, dude, it just doesn't make sense. Why don't they do Crown Jewel pay-per-views on Saturday so they have Monday to fly? And then they have, or they have Sunday to fly, and then they'll be back for Raw on Monday. Or why don't you do it on a Tuesday? So you Literally. have, well, NXT, but I mean, you could do it on a Wednesday, no, too. They, oh, wait, no, because you could do it on a Tuesday because they, uh, they do them in the morning. Exactly. You know It's I mean? in the morning, and none of those NXT guys are going to be there. That's exactly. damn near its own entity, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't, dude, I don't go, but why do they do that on Thursday, bruh? It's so stupid, man. And it's probably so stressful for the people that have to work SmackDown. Oh, bro, you're fucking rushing. You're fucking stressing out, dude. Fuck that, bro. Ah, fuck that. That ain't right. I can never do that. Anyway, man. Uh, next up, bro. Alexa Bliss set to take hiatus from television. According to Wrestling Inc., Alexa Bliss will be taking a few months off of television following her loss to Charlotte Flair at Extreme Rules. And it also came out that she might have to be doing, uh, uh, having surgery. Mm. So... I did hear about that. Yeah, man. Uh, sucks for her um, mm-hmm. that she has to, you know, go have Get surgery some... or whatnot, but... Don't hey. put things good with that, but... Yeah. This is this could be a blessing in disguise for Little Miss Piss. <laughs> so it really could, bro. Yeah, it could, she man. Could just uh, if you wanted to around. keep her, if you wanted to keep her in a horror role, you can, but have her create something herself. Exactly. Don't have her steal Bray Wyatt's gimmick and fucking try to make it her own because it will never be her own. Um, Literally. And yeah, man, she. She is, uh, she, she won't be on Raw, man, for a couple months, and, uh, it should be interesting to see how everything is when she comes back. I wonder if they will draft her or not, or I wonder if they will save her for a surprise return, which is what I'm hoping they do with somebody like Bailey. Uh, but oh, the fact that she'll only be gone a few months, uh, we'll probably see her, like, day one I'll, or some shit. Yeah, I'll probably, we, we could see her, I could see them drafting her, but, who knows, man? Who knows? They could just be waiting to... Because if someone isn't around during draft time, they love to use it as a free excuse to just sh- have them show Put up them on a random show. Exactly. Yep. That's basically mm-hmm. their excuse to do that. So yep. she'll end up randomly somewhere. But this is her chance to change her character, bro. If she wants to go with the horror shit, she can pull it off. She's not bad at it. It's just the shit they made her do with Lily and fucking acting weird. Like... She could be one of those more grounded horror characters and be really good. She could be, maybe, instead of, like, the final main girl, she could be, like, a reverse of that. 
like a just an evil chick that like sounds fucked up but like likes to murder people but like in a wrestling way you know what i mean you could do a lot of shit i mean if you got arn pulling out glocks and busting out faces bro you could have alexa bliss do anything bro if arm go out there strapped up saying that type of shit on tv alexa bliss can go do anything so they they could do a lot man and i would prefer her for her to stay in that horror realm just do something good because man even though it'll be better than seeing what she's doing now i cannot stand miss normal normal bliss she is the most boring person ever as that character bro so hopefully she could do something with horror that's good and different but i don't know man hopefully she could pull it off but hopefully her surgery goes well man just it's a blessing in disguise for everybody it's a blessing in disguise for us because we don't have to watch lily and shit anymore and it's a blessing for her because she could take a break and it's always i bet i bet it's always nice to take a break from this company man she gets to redo her character man and come back and actually have intrigue behind her bro so hopefully this works out in the end for everybody yeah wwe have announced that next year's royal rumble will be taking place on saturday january 29th Hmm. from the dome at america's center in st louis missouri isn't st louis cold in uh in um january is st louis cold i think so but like maybe i don't know is it an inside arena or outside i don't know i thought it was their baseball stadium let me see but if it's a dome i don't think they would call a baseball stadium a dome i don't think so they would probably because usually for like baseball stadiums or have like a very unique name like soldier field they usually right. have field in the name something like that soldier field is the bears no shit what the <laughs> fuck do the um there no, is shit. comiskey park and wrigley field oh that's what i was fucking thinking i was thinking of wrigley field my fucking bad guys i don't know i mean this our sports one, team sucks yeah so it is it is yeah it is enclosed who the fuck plays here Oh, I think this is where the St. Louis Rams... Damn, they're doing a football stadium? Oh, shit. For... So, no dugout entrance, I guess, for the Rumble this year. Damn, that's gonna be lame. Unless they Yeah, they wanted... did it for SummerSlam, which was just not it. No, it just didn't fit SummerSlam. You know what I mean? No. <clears throat> do some... Bro, do SummerSlam in... Somewhere different, you know what I mean? You need a set... We, we talk about this all the time, but you need a set for SummerSlam. You need to go all out for SummerSlam when picking the how it looks. But for Royal Rumble, it's simple. Do it in a baseball field. The dugout is perfect for a Rumble. Yeah, they're not, um... Damn. Yeah, it's gonna be... Yeah, this is where the St. Louis Rams used to play when they were the St. Louis Rams. Shit. Damn. Well, one thing is, you know those tunnels... In football I was stadiums, about those, st- those football tunnels. You can have them. Dumped. You can have them. You know, come out of there. It's somewhere that's you know a little more grounded, and it looks uh, it looks cool. But it's kind of sad they're not doing it in the baseball stadium because that's what I thought when I heard yeah. uh, they're doing it in St. Louis. I was like, the Cardinals. I was like, isn't it fucking cold? 
But exactly. yeah, I guess they're not doing it there, man. Um, Damn. Yeah, so they're doing it on a Saturday. They're doing it in a football stadium, and they're what were we just saying about WWE doing too many shows in stadiums? Exactly, bro. Like, it's stop. it's it's going to diminish, diminish your mania. Exactly. Exactly. Um, your mania show, man. Uh, but this will be the biggest venue in history to hold the Royal Rumble with a full capacity of over sixty-five thousand expected. Yeah, God. Yeah. Um. Man. Ah, oh, man. Uh, well, At least it's a Saturday. That's nice. I like that. I like how I I hate how growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. I had to watch shows on Sunday Shit's when UFC always did their shows on Saturday, and here we are having to go to the school the next day. Uh, and now that I'm not in school anymore, now they want to do their shows on a fucking Saturday. Come on, bro. Come on. That shit's just infuriating. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be great, man. But like I said, stop doing football stadium shows, bro. The dugout is amazing for Royal Rumble. It is. It really, really is, man. It fits it so well. Mm -hmm. It really does, bro. But if this hmm. is where they want The Rock to come back, they're going to oh, want him to come back in a fucking packed football stadium yep. for whatever so, fucking reason, man. Man, a set that I think would work for this, I know they're definitely not going to do it, but if they want to use one of those, you know, football tunnels, they could do like a Grand Slam stage where it's just the stage and maybe yeah, some like big props you and you could, mm-hmm. the crowd can still be behind it and just all around it. They won't do that, but that that would be a perfect way to do it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of venues, this this one seems a bit of a long shot, man. But oh yeah, I know what you're about the, uh, to talk about. sport. The Principality Stadium in Cardiff. The Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales, is the frontrunner to hold next year's SummerSlam, according to Talk Sport, with the retractable roof being a key factor. So that, wait, oh god. It should be noted, as of yet, nothing is final and things could be, and things could change quickly at this point. This will also be the 30th anniversary of SummerSlam 1992 which took place at Wembley Stadium in London. Really? The first SummerSlam was in London? Yes. Damn, I never knew that. That's fucking weird. I don't think... There's no way 92 was the first SummerSlam. Yeah, well... Let me do a... Do a quick Google search, bruh. Your boy gotta know. Damn, it's been since... Yeah, it was in 88. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that was the fourth SummerSlam. Um... Yeah, it was Madison Square Garden. Yeah, isn't there an arena in, like, every fucking 2K game of SummerSlam 88? Yeah, there is. So, Summer... 
So, yeah, man, like I said, this will be the 30th anniversary of SummerSlam uh, 1992, which took place in Weebly Stadium in London. Oh, oh it'll be the 30th, 30th to the date. The last time they were in London. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Uh, okay, well, first things first. Ain't no way, man. The Vince McMahon sees hey. the retractable roof as a key factor, not the fans. <laughs> you should want to go to one. You should at least bring one. Be you should at least bring one. Um. Uh, what is it? A pay per view, whether yeah, it's one... whatever pay per view. You should always at least bring one to the uh to UK. the UK. It, it's a no brainer. It is a it's no simple. fucking brainer, man. And my God, man, I I I don't know. I don't know about this, bro. This seems way too good to be true. It uh, really does. It's it's genuinely one of those. I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly. The kind of situations, man. It is. It is, bro. Because uh, they hate doing UK shit. They do. They really do, the timing. man. Yeah, they Unless, do. It's, it's so, for our normal shows, it's like anywhere from 6 to 7 to 8 was when they start. For UK, that's like 1 in the morning. Right. So, if Vince McMahon wants to do SummerSlam, don't tell me that motherfucker's going to start it in their time. In one in, in one in the morning, dude. Imagine going to a pay per view that starts at one in the fucking morning. How else are they gonna do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, cause that's one of the that's Vince's thing. So the only yeah. other way around that is to start the pay per view at one in the morning. But <laughs> Vince, knowing but Vince, with SummerSlam, that shit for us might start at like eight o'clock, bro, because it's so much longer. Like those NXT takeovers started at 10 that's early mm -hmm. main roster shows are even longer so, so like, it would be like eight o'clock to one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that would be like eight o'clock to like three o'clock bro or like two. exactly bro like six hours oh fuck that Ugh. or yeah or like nine to three. Oh fuck that Oh God, I don't get it, man. But yeah, it's it's genuinely one of those things that just seems too good to be true, bro. But we will have to wait and see on that, man. Um, next up, family and friends of the late John Huber, aka Brody Lee, have announced the creation of the John Huber Legacy Foundation which will focus on providing support for people in creative fields who have not taken the next step in their career because of family obligations. Yeah, bro, this is an awesome thing. Uh, yeah, this is genuinely an awesome thing. AEW continues to uh, go absolutely above and beyond to make this man proud. Uh, and yeah, bro, that... You, you can't say enough good things about how they've dealt with this Brody Lee uh, situation. Uh, there is genuinely no better way to go about things like this. Uh, there really isn't, man. So, yeah. You, exactly. 
got to uh, have the utmost respect for TK and, and everybody over there, uh, all the EVPs and, you know, everybody involved, bro. It's, uh, it's awesome what they continue to do for Brody. And, yeah, man, the John Huber Legacy Foundation, man. So that, that's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Hell yeah, bro. Hell Someone is fucking using power tools outside right now. So if I'm in and out, that's why. But um, it's just a really good thing to, for them to be doing, bro. They love... You hear, do you guys hear it? Not really. Really? A little, okay. but not not too much. Okay. So, yeah, bro. It's just a really great thing to see. <laughs> just a really great thing to see, man. <laughs> Fuck. I, that's all I hear, bro. But it's a really great thing to see, man, and just, they just honor Brody in so many ways. In so many ways, bro. If, oh, man, always something, always something, man. But it's always, it's great to see, bro, it's great. <laughs> Damn, bro. <laughs> uh, it's great to see, man, it's great to fucking see. And they're doing it with Owen. They're they're doing it with Owen. They're doing it with Brody, and you just love to see it, bro. Sorry, I can't talk about it too much because this shit. But um, it's great to see, bro. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And Leo Rush, Leo Rush officially signs with AEW, man. Following a segment during AEW Dynamite this past week, AEW have confirmed the signing of Leo Rush. Yeah, dude. Let's see this, it, man. Yeah, for real. This is awesome. Uh, he obviously was the Joker at Double or Nothing, and it was great. Uh, he wanted to take some time off. We all knew he wasn't retiring. Uh, he wanted to take some time off. And now, uh, Leo is uh, now Leo is, is back, and he's with AEW. We all knew he would be back. And uh, yeah, man, so it's uh, cool. cool to see him back. He's going to fit into this roster like a glove. And he is one of the most talented guys out there, so it's going to be it's going to be awesome to see. And yeah, bro, the matches, God, the matches, and this the matches that this company has up their sleeve, bro. Uh, too many for me to even think about. Uh, but yeah, man. So yeah, great signing. Uh, one that we knew was inevitable. And yeah, man, awesome, awesome signing for AEW here. Exactly, bro. It's just great to see, man. It's just great to fucking see, man. And, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, man. This oh, is it's all right. Fucking annoying. Oh, yeah, you man. can barely hear him, actually. If you're, if you're talking over him, you can, you could, you, you can't hear him at all. All right, that's good. That's good, man. But, yeah, bro, Leo Rush is a great fucking signing, bro. Love to see it. I knew he was going to be back. Me and you kept saying it. Everyone was like, no way. What did you guys expect? Leo Rush is coming back. And I'm just excited for the matches and what we get to see him do in this company, bro. Because yeah, this guy's that's like gonna the Undertaker be crazy with the shit. retirements. He really is, bro. He really is doing that type of shit. But overall, good to see him back. I love the pick he took with fucking um, uh, Mark Henry, bro. That shit was so awesome. And yeah. I just can't wait to see what he can do in this company, bro. The matches are just going to be unbelievable. Bro. Oh, God, the matches in this company. He also took a picture with Brian. Bro. Oh, bro, that shit will be heat. Yeah, man, uh, down to our final two stories. 
via Fightful Select, WWE wanted Adam Cole to cut his hair upon coming to the main roster in order to establish a new look. For what? It was mm-hmm. noted that Cole wasn't interested in this pitch, which wasn't included <laughs> in the final plans before his WWE exit. I told you this yesterday when we went, when we went out to eat. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they were asking him to leave. They wanted to change his name. They wanted to cut his fucking hair. And I cannot, for the life of me, imagine him without long hair. I can't. Dude, I cannot. I really cannot. It's like it's like me with fucking short hair, bro. That shit just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know how I look with short hair. And look fucking I, stupid. I, I think you look better, but that's besides the point. No, you know you know I don't. But like what do they want to do? Mr. Clean his ass? Make him look like fucking Mr. Clean? Why why would he need to establish a new look? He already had one that worked. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Makes no fucking sense, bro. They, bro, it's, it's like they were. This just brought back so many memories. <laughs> the hoodie. <laughs> uh, oh, oh God. Bro. Good times. Oh, right, bro. I'm gonna edit the picture of my fucking logo face over that fucking picture. Oh, that's great. Uh, I hate that fucking photo and the fact that you have it fucking saved. Dude, I printed it out, dude. I have it in my fucking photo log. <laughs> and then I have the one, I have the one for our uh, like what's next video where you're like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, bro, I love that fucking still, the man. <laughs> oh fucking hey, but bro. Why do they want it? Like when she, when she asked, every story, when she asked Daddy to pass the salt, and you get up and pass it to her. <laughs> Just love that shit. Uh... Fucking love that shit. Oh man. <laughs> but uh, Adam Cole. It's like every story that comes about Adam Cole is just like they they want the man to sign. You yeah. know what I mean? Want no. him to cut his hair? Want... <laughs> they did not. <laughs> no, they did not because they wanted to take everything. From the man, his twitch, his look, his <laughs> fucking wrestling. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, man. This man's side filming. Just no. This shit had me. But man, it's just every story. It's just like, did they make an attempt or were they doing that on purpose? You know what I mean? I Every story yeah. bro, that comes out is just. Dude. What? Manager, new sense. name, new look. Like, bro. At that point, you're just fucking handing him his AEW contract. At that fucking point. point. Just hire someone else. If you want someone, a tall dude with short hair and wants to be a manager, just hire someone to do that. Don't take someone who already has a thing and mold them into something else. Get Mm -hmm. someone who you want to do that thing with. And funniest thing is, the person they are describing, like, they want him to be is... Dijakovic. Every time I think of it, I just think of Dijakovic. Yeah. Someone who's tall, he's got short hair. He had when they, they when they didn't make him shave his fucking head like an idiot. He had short hair. He was tall. He, that's who you had already, but you turned him into T-Bar. So what do you expect? The company makes no sense, bro. 
It doesn't, man. It doesn't. Or Literally every sense. single time an Adam Cole story comes out, it is like you you just look at it it's in disbelief, bro. It's like Literally, like I said, they like... are handing him his AEW contract. They don't want really Adam do. Cole to be Adam Cole because there's Michael Cole. What kind of sorry excuse is that, bro? How and we always joked about that. We always joked about that. Like, oh, they're going to change his name because Michael Cole. And they dead ass wanted to change his name because of Michael Cole. I guarantee you if you asked Michael Cole if he thinks Adam Cole's name should be changed, he would tell you, fuck no. No. Because you know Adam or Michael Cole loves the Indies. He admitted it because he hated hated when they would make him uh, talk shit about Daniel Bryan. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because he loved him. So you know he looks at a guy like Omega and says, like, oh. bro, I would love to call a match for him. Or he looks at a guy like Adam Cole and be like, man, I would absolutely love to call a match for Adam Cole. Come on, man. I guarantee you if you went up to Michael Cole and said, should we change Adam Cole's name because you're Michael Cole? He would probably tell you no. No, like, fuck no. Why would you do that? Literally, Michael Cole is one of the fucking smartest in the in backstage in that fucking company. Literally, he Dude, is the genius behind the NXT commentary of 2018. Exactly, bro. He helped Morrow be Morrow. Exactly, like. And then, if you watch what? the inaugural UK tournament, you see amazing. Michael Cole for what he actually Everything is. Everything he should be. He's because although awesome, I I enjoy his work on the main roster just because it's so fucking stupid it's that's so all bad vince. It's, it's hilarious exactly and that's all vince yeah. but when he's not by vince he's a genuinely great commentator you know what i mean mm-hmm. so uh, i mean anybody who wants to see michael cole for what he really is go back and watch the uk uh title tournament the first one the one that tyler Bate won Go back and just watch Michael Cole alongside Nigel McGuinness, bro. Oh, she was oh amazing. God. Exactly, bro. Incredible. Incredible. You know a commentary team I would love to see reunited in AEW? Moro and Brian. That show yeah. would be dope. That would that, be dope. I would love to see that for like an episode of Rampage or something. Yeah, that would. Oh, man. man they, they were great. Morrow. They have, they need, I don't know why they haven't got Morrow already. I don't know what the, I don't know if it's because they got something against NXT. I don't know what it is, but he is as quick of a signing decision as Adam Cole is. Oh, 100%. The minute he's a free agent, I'm in his fucking inbox, bruh. Yep. I'm like, yo, I got this money. I got this talent. Want to call for it? We would be fucking honored. For you to call for us, bro. Bro, come on, bro. This dude made Jake Paul sound cool. Sound he really cool did, as bro. fuck. In those MMA fights, or, or boxing, or whatever the fuck they were. Yeah, and uh, as we wrap things up here, man, Tony Khan takes power away from the EVPs, man. According to a report from BodySlam.net, Cody Rhodes is the only EVP who regularly attends office meetings as an office regular. Cody doesn't really have much of a relationship with any of the EVPs at this point. It was reported that the others are still great friends 
but Cody is very much on the outside looking in. Uh, Matt Jackson. What's oh, oh, bro, we always said that shit. You can tell before it even came out. Exactly. No, they're great friends. Yep. Come on, bro. We always knew. Matt Jackson takes care of assisting his wife Dana in her job with merchandising as Nick Jackson handles being the elite. Kenny Omega is very hands-on with the AEW games as he oversees those various projects and puts together the gaming side of things. The company spent a ridiculous amount of money getting their gaming division going, but TK does not regret it one bit. Tony Khan pulled back the reins in a big way in terms of hiring talent as a source noted, they are basically only EVPs in name in 2021. They no longer have final say in creative or talent hiring. Any of them, uh, any of them, uh, do not have that. TK pulled back the reins and took power away from all of them. Tony Khan also took creative responsibilities away from Cody, Kenny, Nick, and Matt as well. Everything must run through TK now as he is the final decider on all creative AEW decisions. Interestingly enough, the saying is 100% true that if Vince McMahon could do every job in WWE, then he would. Tony Khan has already received comparisons to a young Vince Kennedy McMahon Jr. Bro. Okay. The creative? Well, first of all, I want to know what happened with the creative. Because what happened... To where TK was like, yo, what the right, you fuck are you guys it. approving, man? Exactly. What are you guys letting happen, bro? Seriously. Um, and uh, TK, this is what I don't understand about this. So, I can see the crea- the creative, I'm not, re- uh, the creative is nothing too really uh, to get mad about because, yeah, everything runs through Tony Khan, but... I'm sure all you have to do is talk to him. He seems like a pretty chill yeah. guy. From what we hear, he's definitely more responsive than Vince McMahon is. Oh, yeah. Uh, with, you know, decisions, he will definitely listen and give his talent time of day. And he has respect exactly. for one another. Um, that I don't understand. And I'm sure the Bucks get to basically do their own stuff. But sometimes Cody stuff especially. Sometimes oh. the, the uh, Matt, Nick, and Kenny's stuff as well comes off extremely sloppy to the point where it seems like they don't even know what they're doing. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Um, for example, not really an example anymore, but like right when that hangman shit happens, obviously we found out he uh, he wanted that time off. So, I mean, if he mm-hmm. wanted it, he's got a kid on the way. Some things are bigger than wrestling. That's a given. But other shit as well. Can, that they do can seem extremely sloppy, especially exactly. Cody. Especially oh, bro, Cody. Cody shit is so sloppy, but, bro. But the fact that he's the only one who's in those meetings shocks me. I know. I think it's not as much as TK wants him in those meetings as Cody just putting himself shot, in those meetings. Exactly, be being shot. Cody. That's what, I, that's what I kind of felt as well. Um, I think Cody still thinks he's an EVP probably. And he's really trying to do EVP shit, but he's not. You know what I mean? It's kind of just... He, uh, he's going around telling people advice and shit. And it's like that old weird guy that has no idea what the fuck he's talking about, but he's going up to you giving you advice. Yeah, I think it's like that with Cody right now. Yeah, and with Cody, 
you know, uh, or, sorry, not with Cody, but with all these EVPs, maybe it's a good thing that they're kind of only EVPs in name because also with the creative control thing, you never want things to get out of hand. You know what I mean? Exactly. You never want, oh, well, if I'm not winning, I'm going to go out there and pull a Jeff Jarrett. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. you do not want your never. company under those you do not want shit like that to be associated with your company exactly. i'm telling you that right now no matter how much you trust something which i trust most of those evps and even in a way still cody i mean yeah. cody sucks but he, i don't think he's like that level bad, i don't see him I mean? producing vince mcmahon level garbage exactly he just does I don't general see... dumb shit that just doesn't cody... make sense Cody just thinks he doesn't. He does great shit, and he just doesn't. He thinks everything he does is gold, but not in that Vince, uh, Vince way. It's just his delusional ass fucking mind. But you never, no matter how much you trust someone, never Vince, put the keys, the soul Vince, keys in their hands. Vince does shit knowing it's bad. Exactly. Cody thinks that this shit's good. good. Exactly. You know, he thought his promo about fucking his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what? Daughter is fucking. Bro, what the hell? And then uh, fucking, I know Cody's super patriotic. Probably about fucking his shit. daughter. <laughs> and then <laughs> he thought that shit was gold. He thought that shit was some MLK shit. Bro, for us. what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm fucking drooling everywhere, bro. <laughs> no, man, but I mean, I, Cody. I don't think Cody would run the company into the ground. No, is what I'm saying. Like Not that. like Vince. Yeah, he's no. dumb. And he doesn't know what he's, he's doing. Right. But he thinks. But man. Another thing I noticed, I think this shows a lot of good in this idea in the women's division. Because obviously, Brandy and Kenny aren't running that shit anymore. And now, yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. I like their AEW women's division a lot now. It's got Brett. It's got Thunder Rosa. It's got yeah. Ruby. It's got Jade. It's got Anna Jay. Tay Conti. It's got that whole really good circle. They got a core. People. Exactly. They're getting a good core down. And with Brandy and Kenny behind that shit. It was all either bland Yoshis or just bland Brandy's, Brandy's friends. friends. Yep. Exactly. And yep. now I think it's starting to get a flow going. And as much as good as hiring your friends is, I think they're good and a good thing slowing that down with people like yeah. not like Brandy Cutler, but in that league of people that were getting hired at first, they stop with that Kip. for the most part and are just signing actual big names and actual promising young talent for the most part yeah it's not uh the bunny and a bunch of exactly. uh, ford brandy's friends you know what i mean but another thing too that that is good that could come of this is you never want cody kenny matt or nick's love for professional wrestling to be burnt out exactly you, know I mean? you don't want to burn them out so and you hear in the, you know, in the early ages of AEW how, like, none of them were getting any sleep. They hadn't even wrestled because they were trying to get everything with the company together. It 
you can get extremely burnt out quick. You're not seeing your family. You're pissed off. You know what I mean? You're exactly. just nonstop you're work. You're just nonstop rest all all around wrestling. So it that could is be most good. likely what killed Vince's love is yeah. him twenty four seven in the wheel, and you get tired behind it. That's the thing. Got to tell TK sometimes it's okay to put someone else behind the wheel for a little bit. Take a break. Don't do Cody, everything 24-7. Definitely not Cody. Doug, do not do it with Cody, bro. Triple You're gonna... H is all elite. You got your guy. <laughs> you got your guy, bro. Get <laughs> get Papa Mark, bro. Somebody like that, bro. But get someone like that. Or when Tony Khan's not, he might not know about certain things or just he wants to slow it down on his part a little bit for a time being. Do shit like that. Because if, it, if it's just Tony Khan from now on until the end of the fucking world, I mean... You never know how much someone can evolve to not like something. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, a couple years ago, I would have never thought I would have got tired of either when you in first mode. And I did. You know what I mean? Just because mm-hmm. I overdid it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Like, he's just got to watch out. Like, don't give the keys to nobody, but let someone else take the wheel occasionally. Yeah. Uh. The So... Those were definitely all the aspects that I believe go uh, into, you know, the uh, creative side of things. I don't see that as a bad thing at all. What I'm kind of on the fence about is he pulled back the reins in a big way in terms of hiring talent. I mean, I I know, or at least I, I feel like I know that Tony Khan always had final say. who is signed but to say that you don't want matt nick kenny i don't even want to say cody the motherfucker he brings in um but you know those guys those guys are are some of the you know probably best minds in wrestling i don't understand why you wouldn't want to hear your i don't understand why you wouldn't want to hear input from them on who you think uh on who they think should be signed i mean i don't understand why he would take that away from them necessarily i really don't understand it i mean they haven't been bringing in anybody stupid you know exactly it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Maybe the article is wrong and the story's wrong, and it's kind of just, it's really Tony Khan's job now. But he listens to them. I don't know, because just being Tony Khan just feels off to me. Something just doesn't feel right about that. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, because you got to think, man. TK. Out of that whole batch that got released when it was like Miro and EC3, that whole batch, out of the dudes, only signed Miro. And that was mm-hmm. a Tony Khan call. How the hell do you pass up on EC3? How exactly. the fuck do you pass you up pass, on EC3? Especially him at the time. The narrative was some of the Control most the interesting shit bro? at the time. Oh, bro, I don't get it. But something about that just doesn't seem right, and I hope... I hope he doesn't get stupid with the people he brings in. Um, Not saying that he's going to bring in stupid people, but the people that he misses out on. That's that's just the concerning part. 
That Which, is the concerning part for sure. Does make me feel good because we are getting Bobby Fish this upcoming Wednesday. So it's kind of like if he does know about like that shit, I think that's a good sign. But it's it's just one of those naturally concerning things. Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, I, I I still think he would bring in a guy like Bray. There's some guys you just can't pass up on, but. Yeah, man, I definitely think that TK is uh, uh, doing good for the creative part of things because you never want your shit to get like a WCW where they were just bitching. You know what I mean? Exactly. We got Stretch in the comments, man. Stretch 4, great show. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for stopping oh, by. Man. Exactly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man, but that is, that, that's pretty much everything, bro. That's pretty much everything with that story. Very interesting story, and we said it from the beginning, bro. We said it from the beginning, man. The uh, the EVPs, it's, I don't want to say it's a bad work environment back there, but uh, no, it's, but... it's there's definitely a little bit of bad blood. And it's Exactly. You I want to know what happened. I really want to know what happened between them. Like, where they did they- so they... close. They were, bro. Like, I always see pictures of the Bucks and Cody. Cody yeah, and Kenny always kind of felt a little... There was, like, tension not there. Exactly. Not like that they didn't like each other, but just, like... They there weren't was, as like, close a competitive nature. Yeah. Exactly. But Cody was always super cool with everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Bucks, he was super close. I want to know where the... Uh, I want to know what... I want to know what happened. I want to know where the the shift in their friendship went. Um, exactly. I'm that would be interesting to know. Exactly. But yeah, I really think they should, you know, figure it out, man. Because a couple of years of dealing with that, you never know if one of them eventually is like, "Fuck this! I don't want to be here anymore. I'm I'm exactly. tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of Cold always shit. fighting with each other. You know. Exactly. So, for the sake of the company, I really want to. And bro. There's some stories there, man. If you get Cody not crying and working with his own people, there's a story there with the elite. You know what I mean? Exactly, bro. Cody's is, fuck, bro. Cody sucks right now, but if we can get him back to a point where he was, there's a lot of potential. Because one there's thing I'm just realizing, when Adam Colby came back on BTE, and he was like, oh, where's Hangman? Want to go have a beer with Cody. him? Exactly. And with, you would think... He would bring up Cody too, like, oh, how's Cody too? But he didn't. So it's kind of like they just don't even talk. They don't even acknowledge each other's existence. You know what I mean? Cody's the only one that does. He brings exactly. it up. You know what I mean? He'll bring it he up. He brought it up. Um, That's one thing I do like about Cody. He's not afraid to bring anything up, even if it's not. fucking he's talking not. about segregation and his fucking daughter and shit. Yeah, he. he He's not, man. He's not scared to bring anything up, uh, which is exactly. nice about Cody. Which I do but... like about Cody, exactly. And Darren's definitely not afraid to yeah, bring they, shit up. They gotta, they gotta settle this, man. They gotta settle this, bro. You never, mm-hmm. you never want to get to get to a point where the EVPs are. One of the EVPs is kind of like, ah, I don't want to be here, and then from there it just crumbles. It's just a catalyst, you know? exactly. But uh, yeah, man. So that is. That's that story, bro. Yeah, I hope they can get everything resolved because those are four of the greatest minds in wrestling. Uh, obviously, oh, yeah, we all know bro. Cody sucks right now, but uh, we all know deep down that Cody's fucking awesome. Um, exactly. We like him, but it's hard to like him right now. <laughs> I know. You know, I want to love Cody, but I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
because at his core, he's great. He's just yeah. doing a lot of dumb shit by his own accord. The collegiate guy. God, uh, taking a fucking knee. And... and now now that everybody's walking out on him, even his family, I think uh, this would be the perfect time to insert some kind of elite story. I think. He tries to go back to the only family he's ever known, the elite, and they don't want him. Exactly. Something and they can like bring that. out the fire in Cody, where he's not we fucking need... crying. We need heal Cody, bro. Tired of the crying. Heal Cody or just edgy Cody. Uh, You know what I mean? Like like I said, if you put him in a storyline with the elite and you nix the crying, you got some good shit right there. Exactly. You got some good shit right there, bro. Just Cody's crying. One of our friends had sex with a 16-year-old. And then that was the catalyst (laughs) for the crumbling of the elite. Talking about fucking Marty and shit. Be fucking grinding. Just think. Oh man. I want friends. Dustin to join the bullet club. <laughs> my brother. The fuck? <laughs> the fuck? You would say some shit like we that. Need to, we need um, to make the nightmare elite. Oh god. I'll let the you night- guys oh, the bro. The nightmare elite. I could just imagine it, bro. Yeah, man. But on that note, that is gonna do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, man. This has been episode seventy-seven. Of the show, man. 77 weeks, bruh. Shit. Shit's crazy. And with that being said, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Seals Podcast, man. This has been your news and extreme rules review. And that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And I, Sir K. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Seals Podcast. Thank you to everybody who is stopping by. Whether you are on YouTube Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, man. So, with that being said, thank you guys for coming out, man. And please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Monday with Notorious Unscripted. We'll see you guys then. Peace.